Central Ohio community is just one of the most remarkable communities I've ever been a part of, right? I've lived in a handful of places, Washington, Philadelphia, um, a couple others, and I am just constantly amazed at this, this undercurrent of support across the community, right? Like I remember when I started BESA, I went to the Columbus Foundation and uh, just just reached out to them and got a meeting with their number two at the time was Lisa Cordes, who now runs United Way Central Ohio. And she took a meeting with me. I'm just a 20 something year old guy with an idea for a nonprofit. I don't know how many people she meets with like that, right? right. But she still took the meeting. We are looking forward our way from Studio C in the 511 Studios. That's in the Brewery District, just south of downtown Columbus, Ohio. Hey, this is Brett. Uh, you know, a valuable resource in our community is the high level of volunteering by our residents, from young children accompanying their parents, neighborhood outreach by K-12 students, college students working in their local school communities, and for families and our older adults. Central Ohio has a distinct advantage to meeting the needs of residents because we have an incredible array of strong nonprofits and a truly caring community. Hi, Brett. You know, we really do. Our community is amazing and so many, literally thousands of people who are volunteering over many, many years. You and I have also been active volunteers, um, whether it's through School Connections, church, our nonprofit work, um, or other organizations. We've tried to bring value to those nonprofits, but also we get the satisfaction of truly helping our neighbors and our friends. You know, so way back in 2010... Our guest took fate into his hands and created a new organization called BESA. Matthew Goldstein is the CEO and founder of BESA, and he is with us today. Matthew, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, thanks for, for welcoming me. It's good to be here. Great. There are so many people in our community who provide volunteer hours. Some may not even call it their support volunteering. Um, however, before we hear more about Bessa, let's talk about you and your professional journey. Uh, tell us about your background, career path, how you got here today. So um, I was born in 1980. Do you want me to go all the way back to there? <laughs> the first day was a sunny it's, day. It's, and it's important. <laughs> <laughs> Just like it's a sunny day today. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> um, I'm from Philadelphia. And, um, you know, it's kind of interesting. I came to Columbus and I didn't know anyone in Columbus when I first came here. Mm -hmm. Completely foreign to me. Um, I'm embarrassed to say I didn't even realize Ohio is right next to Pennsylvania. Oh, dear. There you go. There you go. <laughs> and, um, well, like, well, Philadelphia and Pittsburgh are really like different worlds, right? They are yes. different worlds. Yeah. And, um, and so I came here not knowing anyone. And I think that's what I needed in my life is I wanted to, to – branch out of my bubble and and explore something new and challenge my myself in that way. And so that's why I came to Columbus. And um, I have been in Columbus now longer than I lived in Philadelphia where I there grew up. There you and go. I just love this community. And so I came here for the Ohio State University. I graduated with degrees in marketing and political science. Um, I was very much on the path that I'm going to go into business. And so I was in the business school. And um, when I graduated, I went right into business. And my last stint was in corporate retail. We have a lot of incredible corporations, retail companies based here. And that's where I was. And I was doing market research there. And so that's that's essentially, you know, in a snapshot of of that chapter of my life. 
But I, while I was doing corporate retail, and I, I love market research, right? Like that's what I was doing. I was traveling the country. I was talking to employees and customers and reporting back to leadership. Uh, this is at Abercrombie and Fitch. Um, they gave me a lot of responsibility. At one point, I had a job offer from Target in Minneapolis. And one of the reasons I chose Abercrombie over Target is that Target at that time, they were uh, saying that the men that worked there would have to wear shirts and ties to work every day. At Abercrombie, you could roll out of bed in shorts and a t-shirt. And for a 23, 24-year-old, that sounded pretty good. And Plus, it's a lot colder in Minneapolis than it is here. <laughs> when I uh, went there, it was, I think, spring or summer. And I saw that all the buildings were connected by these skyways. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, it's warm today, but I know that's there for a reason. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, Abercrombie was a fabulous experience. And there wouldn't be a BESA if not for my experience at Abercrombie. But what I realized is while market research is something that I very much enjoy doing, um, jeans and flip-flops were not lighting me up in the way that I wanted to be lit up. And that wasn't fair to me because I wasn't doing, I was in a seat that wasn't the right seat for me. And that wasn't fair to the person who wanted that seat because I was taking up space that they couldn't get into. And so I just started to explore what else do I want to do? Where do I want to be? This is, I think I was like 26, 27. And I said, where do I want to be when I'm 30? And um, do you remember the other paper? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I, I, I was at Spinelli's Deli, which I don't think is around anymore in Victorian Village. And in the back of the other paper, they had a whole stack of other papers there. In the back of it, there was an advertisement for suicide prevention services. They needed volunteer uh, shift workers, hotline workers. And I signed up. And I knew nothing about the nonprofit sector. And uh, quite quickly, I learned a lot. I I learned about uh, the business of nonprofits, if you will. I learned about the people who are staffing these nonprofits and the incredible amount of heart and soul and, and intelligence that they are putting into not just their work, but our community. Um, I connected with shift volunteers, my, my fellow volunteers. And one of them is one of my best friends to this day. And, uh, you learn a lot about yourself and other people when you're in a very small room, a quarter of the size of the room we're in right now, um, just answering phones and and trying to connect with people. And that was the other thing. I loved connecting with people on the phone. I I appreciated that experience. I, I, um, if I was still a career counselor, I would tell every one of my students that, the best um, professional opportunity you can have is to work in a nonprofit because it truly is running a business that you are giving away the products and having to find the money to make them again as opposed to making a profit, making a widget, yeah. making a profit, making a widget. It, it is an amazing um, opportunity. So um, good for you. You really, um, the Fisher College of Business is probably surprised, but <laughs> but but proud of of the, this work you're doing. Yeah. So let's let's talk about Bessa now. Bessa is an Albanian word, which I didn't realize. Yeah. Did a little my research here, and it means to keep the promise. So your belief is that when we work together, we can impact our community in a powerful way. That says a lot. So tell us about this flicker of your idea to create BESA. Yeah, so when I was at Abercrombie, like I said, I was on the volunteering for a couple of years on the suicide hotline. And I just fell in love with the work. So I got more involved in the community. I got involved with United Way as well as a number of other organizations in this community. 
and uh, in central Ohio. And then I started to get my coworkers involved. And at that time, there were about 2,000 really smart, really talented people at Abercrombie. They wanted to give back. They weren't sure how. That's Bessa. And so I uh, started working on the business plan in 2010. Actually, with my boss, I, I, I scratched out this, this little sketched out, this little uh, diagram of what I thought Bessa could be on a piece of paper. And I showed it to her uh, at work one day. And I said, I kind of want to work on this. She should have gone to HR and said, hey, my employee is looking to leave. I need to get him out so that I can, you know, get someone that's going to stay here. Right. And she didn't. She said, this is really interesting and I want to work on it with you. Wow. And so I resigned in 2010 and for two years worked on the business plan with her. Um, all day I would go to the library uh, in, in the short north on High Street, work on the business plan. In the evening, she would get off work. We would sit around her dining room table and work on it together. And then we launched in 2012. Now, mm. there, <clears throat> I don't know if Abercrombie had this, but there are a lot of companies in town who have those, um, like a portal mm. so that their employees can volunteer. Did Abercrombie have one of those at the time? Not at the time. Okay. No, Abercrombie is a different company today than it was back then. It's gone through a lot of transition. And philanthropically, it's a much different company. And so that was one of the things that I was excited about back then. I had the opportunity to try and advocate for some of these philanthropic initiatives because they were new. And I didn't know what the heck I was doing. Um, but that kind of worked in my favor because they were kind of uh, early in their start in terms of how they wanted to do philanthropy as well. So it gave me some mm -hmm. runway to work with smart people and figure some stuff out in terms of how to get the employees engaged. Right. Because right now, I mean, there are many, many companies who have those. And I'm going to call it a portal for yeah. lack of any other Platform, word. Platform portal, yeah. Right. That that push their employees into doing nonprofit work. Columbus has always had a strong um, volunteer base in the schools and the churches, but this is all something new. So, yeah. Good. Yeah, no, definitely. And, you know, we can get into this in a little bit, but. Um, Especially since the pandemic, there is an incredible need for volunteers. But even before the pandemic, um, the number of people volunteering has started to decline, was starting to decline, mm -hmm. and the pandemic just supercharged that. So mm -hmm. companies, you know, during the pandemic, for example, the food collective, right, the food bank depends on so many volunteers. Mm -hmm. And um, I believe it's something like 50% come from corporations. Well, during the pandemic, those corporations were not sending groups of volunteers to the to the food right. bank. Right. And so the question is, how do you rebuild those programs, particularly when more people are coming to the doors of the agencies that are serving our community? Right. Yeah. Well, and coupled with more people working from home as well, too. So you're not really mm -hmm. collectively there. But I could see that as a benefit, too, that, okay, I don't see my coworkers, but maybe two times a week. Now volunteering, I get to see them because Definitely. we're doing this. Yeah. So I, mean, I guess it's a yin and the yang on that one too. Mm -hmm. So and now Bess is working with hundreds of nonprofits in the region. Can you tell us how you find, quote unquote, uh, the nonprofits needing help? Is there a process they got to follow to be included in the Bessa schedule? Yeah. So it's a great question. Um, we have a team that okay. all they are doing is building relationships with nonprofits, um, understanding the needs in the community. And it's not for us to go into a neighborhood or a community and say, here's a pain point and here's how best I can help, right? Like that's not the approach we take. The approach we take is number one, building trust. 
right? We have to, we, we have to go to a table, be invited to a table. Um, and all we're trying to do is have a conversation to understand what is this organization doing in the community? Um, what is their mission? What are some of the pain points that they are uh, feeling? And then are there opportunities for BESA to plug in and support? And so I think the reason BESA has been so successful is we are genuinely interested in helping build capacity in our community through nonprofits, mm -hmm. right? Getting volunteers to nonprofits to increase capacity, to increase scale. And we start with just having conversations with nonprofits. And so nonprofits, to answer your question, either come to us, they go to our website, they fill out our form, or we have a team member who is constantly learning about the community, making connections, um, and going out and meeting with nonprofits. Okay. When you really think about that, the, your, the BESA model adds a layer for a nonprofit manager. They could go out and find their own volunteers. You can bring them in, but it, it adds another layer. So how, how do you convince them that this is not adding another layer? It's making it easier. What we so we did research with this incredible firm downtown called Lextent. Um, Lextent are data scientists, so they they work with with all kinds of companies, major companies, Fortune five hundred companies, and all others um, to understand consumer behavior and 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 what makes a, a product click. And we worked with them on trying to understand what is the value of BESA for the community, right? Mm -hmm. How do we perceive the value of BESA? And then how do our stakeholders, be it companies, nonprofits, volunteers, perceive the value? And something that kept coming up with the nonprofits was, one, it's exposure. Mm -hmm. We are bringing um, a diverse group of volunteers from all walks of life to the doors of nonprofits. We have one nonprofit where the majority of their, no um, of their volunteers come from the College of Social Work. We bring corporate volunteers, stay-at-home parents, um, teenagers, and so it just exposes them to a, a, a broader swath of our community, which then increases resources and capacity for the nonprofit. Right. Right. Um, we have great relationships with media. I was just yesterday at uh, Columbus Early Learning Centers, incredible nonprofit in town. I think they have six centers working with, with youth in disadvantaged neighborhoods. Um, and we were there with Monica Day and NBC4, um, and there's going to be two or three segments, and then Monica's going to be out volunteering and getting viewers to volunteer at Columbus Early Learning Centers. Nice. And so it's it's those, so it's the storytelling that they appreciate, it's the exposure, um, it's resources, right? We have volunteers. I was just talking to somebody. This is really interesting. We had a group of volunteers volunteer um, at the conservatory. And the manager at the conservatory said, you know, it's really interesting. I used to be in the medical field doing data management, and I volunteered through BESA, and I volunteered at all these different community gardens, and I fell in love, and now here I am at the conservatory. Mm -hmm. hmm. That notion of increasing not just capacity of number of people, but the width and the breadth of the people you're bringing in the resources and that exposure. That is incredible. I, I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah, it's it's what it's it's amazing. It's my love language. There you go. Mm -hmm. There you go. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now the other side of this coin are the volunteers. Why would somebody want to go through Bessa as a as the plat that platform for a volunteer opportunity? What are the steps? 
Um, is there an application process and is there a background check? Great questions. No application process, no background checks. Some of the nonprofits we work with do require background checks, but our team works with the volunteers on those specific ones. 95%. We try to reduce the number of barriers mm -hmm. between someone wanting to volunteer and the opportunity to volunteer. When I was working on the business plan, um, I did, uh, it goes without saying, market research. And I <laughs> talked to a lot of people. And one of the people I talked to, his name is Ryan, and he worked at Abercrombie. He was working 60, 70 hours a week, and he was looking for some way to like release some pressure, right? And, and feel connected to his community. So he wanted to volunteer in the community with a children's nonprofit and something related to hunger. That's what he put into Google. Now, this is going back, I don't know, 10 years. And do you know what movie was out at the time that was a big hit? The Hunger Games. So the first page of results were all about the Hunger Games, where you can see the movie. Then he got to page two, and, and there are different nonprofits. He's reaching out to them, and he's not really getting a response. And that's when he threw his arms up in the air, and he said, I just don't have time for this. And so that's a missed opportunity because here's someone who wanted to contribute to the community and and didn't feel like he had the opportunity to. So we at BESA tried to eliminate as many barriers as possible. You can just go to our website, BESA, B-E-S-A dot org, um, sign up. There's 50, 60, 70 different projects every single month across this community where you just show up. There's going to be a group of volunteers there. There's going to be a volunteer leader to help orient you with what's going on and make sure that you're not just standing around, that you feel really engaged and connected to the other volunteers and the work that's happening. Um, and from start to finish, we focus on the experience you have because our goal is you don't volunteer just once, but you come back again and again and again, and you bring your family members, your friends, your colleagues, because to us, that is when we can create true impact in a community mm -hmm. through civic engagement. So let's take the barriers to the next stage here. And, 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 and my question being, what else stops people from volunteering? What, mm. what do you hear that you know their ears? Yes, makes sense. But how do they finally pull the trigger and they say, "Yep, uh, I, I've been wanting to do this, but couldn't because this." What, what do you hear a lot? The biggest thing is that I'm busy. I'm too busy. It, okay. I can't fit it into my schedule. Yeah. And you know, one of the stats I was just reading about earlier this week in terms of the decrease in volunteerism. So across the country, there's I think a seven or eight percent decrease in volunteerism from 2019 to, to 2022, right? In Ohio, it's double digits. Really? And one of the demographics uh, that historically has volunteered are married couples and married couples with children. But because people are getting married later in life, having children later in life, um, those the, that demographic is decreasing in their volunteer rates. And then by the time they do have children, they're also really busy. The other thing is people have... Two jobs. That's another big thing. And so just trying to fit volunteering into your schedule um, seems to be the the number one reason why we, um, you know, we hear from people or people that that they're not volunteering. Yeah. But here's the, the here's the fun thing for me. I was at the Van Buren shelter. Um, I think it was last year. And there was a, uh, a, a woman there. I, she's, I believe, a college student from Ohio State University. And she was there with two friends. So there's three of them. And I said, how did you guys sign up for volunteering? And one of the friends said, ah, she volunteered. She volunteered last month and she posted a photo on Facebook and we saw it. And we said, we want to do that. And she said, come with me next month. 
So one per one person became three people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have uh, nonprofits taken a look at that time commitment and maybe reevaluated how much time they're asking of volunteers to match or to at least be okay, we usually ask five hours. But yeah. Can we bring that down to three knowing the time constraints? We work with our nonprofit partners okay. all the time on that kind of, that's part of the experience, right? Is there, like, is there a sweet spot? I would say three to four hours. Is it? Okay, yeah. I just threw a number out. Yeah. No, idea. no, no. Yeah. Five hours, you know, when we get to five, six hours. Um, and, that's and a job then. <laughs> Almost, that's, you know, yeah. seriously, because that's a day. That's, that's a, a day. day. And yeah. then what, you know, when you're done doing that job, you might feel good, but you also might say, you know what? I don't know if I'm going to do that again. Right. Yeah. So what if we broke that job into Mm -hmm. two or three shifts, Mm -hmm. right? And then it's two hours, three hours in and out. You have a great experience. Um, We always ask for feedback. There's a quick like three question survey. Uh, You know, how would you rate your experience? What was a highlight of your experience? Um, Anything that could make it be better, Mm -hmm. right? And we take all that feedback and and apply it to the next experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Going back to the age issue when you were talking about – um, couples with young children. Um, <clears throat> in my world, it was normally when somebody retired and they had time to volunteer Definitely. as an older adult. Now with the pandemic, older adults were staying home. Mm-hmm. Have they come back out to volunteer? Have you? Are you seeing older adults? Yeah, I, I definitely. Um, I, I'd have to look at the the data on that, but um, I would say yes. And you're right. During the pandemic, across this country, food pantries. Right. There are more people. There were more people coming and still are more people coming to their doors. But the volunteer base at food pantries were retired folks and they couldn't get to the food pantries. And so um, I think now, you know, I haven't seen the data recently about that, but I would assume that that there are seniors now getting back into Mm -hmm. it especially mm-hmm. since we have the vaccine and mm-hmm. have more information. I remember when we were first uh, volunteering at the food pantry, April of 2020, um, I was looking at photos recently. The volunteers had no masks on because masks weren't a thing back then. You know, six feet was a thing, but in a food pantry, you mm-hmm. can't, I mean, you can barely get a wheelchair through some of the the halls in the pantry I'm thinking about. But these are volunteers that literally put their lives on the line because they saw an opportunity to help the community and help people that that needed help. Right. They knew people were literally going to be starving they, without their help. Yeah. And, you know, we really do have to put a shout out to all of the, the food pantries and um, all of the volunteers who worked with seniors who made sure they were getting not just food, but other items yeah. that they needed. And um, we had some incredible uh, volunteers and um Life Care Alliance and and the Mid Ohio Food Collective and I mean they did some amazing work so shout out to them. I I'm a little biased but I believe that volunteers are the beating heart of our community. Oh great! Right and at the Perfect. height at the height of the pandemic people showed up. Mm-hmm. I mean it makes me teary eyed. I'm trying to fight back the tears. <laughs> people showed up in the most profound ways to support other people, right. strangers. Mm-hmm. Very good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so I, you know, I, you were saying that that there are about seventy opportunities a month or so. I was looking through the the list of volunteer activities, and I was amazed at the the variety, the the different tasks. Um, if I had not ever been a volunteer, I'd be overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so much out there to do. 
Hi, can you highlight a few of your favorite opportunities or, you know, what's been most fun? What's been most successful? You know, what do you tell folks when they're like, I don't know what I want to do? You know, I think it's just looking for something. I always think about if you've never been to a homeless shelter, Mm -hmm. right? Just thinking about it can be intimidating. Where do you park? Um, Who am I going to run into? Um, You know, what entrance do I go into? Some of them have the, um, the machine that you have to go through, the metal detector. And so it can be a really intimidating experience. Um, But, you know, to answer your question, one of my favorite ones is the Van Buren shelter in Franklinton, which is literally like, what, two miles away from here. And um, something we do, we do a lot of uh, serving meals there. And the manager, the volunteer manager said during the pandemic, BESA was the backbone of their volunteer program, which was felt really good. And not just because we were able to support them, but because of the relationship we have with them, the trust that we built with them every Valentine's Day we go to the Van Buren shelter, right? So like for me and my husband, we used to like to go to the top steakhouse um, when we ate steaks. Now we're vegetarians. But anyways, um, <laughs> we'd go there. And one year he said to me, you know, we could go anywhere, um, but I think where I want to be is at the Van Buren shelter. And and so we started this thing maybe five or six years ago where we literally wrap these families in blankets of love. So we have an incredible huge meal. We decorate the the dining room. Um, Jenny's comes with their ice cream. We have live music. Um, one year we had a professional photographer that did family portraits. And then the next day dropped off prints of of the portraits. And so many of the families were saying, we've never had a a picture of our family together like this. And it's just a, it's a magical experience to be there. Right. And so like, that's one of my favorites. Uh, during the pandemic, we worked with Franklin County public health. And there would be these food drop sites where basically you would have public health officials and BESA volunteers working together. Cars would come through and you would put food in the back of the car. So the health officials would check in the car. The BESA volunteers would put the food in the car. And I remember just stepping back from that one day and and seeing like everyone working together. Like no one wants to be there, right? You're you're not, it's just not somewhere anyone really wants to be if they they, uh, can avoid it. But here you have this group of people, uh, people in need, volunteers, and and Franklin County officials working together to meet a need. And I remember just looking at the line of people, and it's people from all backgrounds, right? Like I remember seeing an older couple with a handicap placard on their rearview mirror, a young couple. It was just everyone. And they were all smiling and saying thank you, and the volunteers were saying thank you back. I, I could tell you a thousand stories like that, and um, – there are so many opportunities that I enjoy doing. Um, I, I'm trying to think of ones that I don't enjoy doing, right? Because each one is a unique experience that mm-hmm. you get to meet really special people. I, I think the one message I always told my volunteers at at Employment for Seniors was that when you show up to volunteer, you are going to help somebody. You, it is an absolute automatic. You are going to help somebody and make their day. How much better can it be? And in so many ways, I think what people don't realize is that somebody is sometimes even themselves. Right. Very true. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know you're a data person. So I'm, my next question, do you keep records? Of course you do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I guess what we we're curious is, uh, is to this point, is there a record for like in most instances, how many times people volunteer? Also, I'm really kind of curious too, do volunteers 
commit to one agency or they maybe shop around, move around, not because they uh, are, are intentionally like, okay, I'm done with that. I want to move to the next one. Or do they continue to add on <laughs> and do more and more yeah. sort of thing? Yeah. So it's all over the place, yeah. right? So we have people that love the diversity. And when we post new projects, they're the first ones to sign up. <laughs> and that's wonderful. And their energy is incredible and infectious, right? And then we have people who find that one agency that they love. So I just heard from my team that someone volunteered at uh, one of the community gardens, fell in love with it, and signed up to be an ongoing regular volunteer. And the community garden loves that because that's their biggest need. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a volunteer who volunteered at, it's called Buddy Up. They work with kids that have Down syndrome. So if your your child has Down syndrome, the way um, the the founder described it to me is that you're always on, right? Like you're always on. And here's a program where the kids can go to this tennis clinic. The parents are in the the bleachers and they can turn off, right? Like can, they can watch their kids or they get to also talk to other parents and step back. And I have a volunteer a couple of years ago that that discovered Buddy Up through Bessa and is now a board member. Oh my gosh, mm. that's wonderful. Yeah. Wow. Wonderful. Good, good. So Matthew, we're going to switch a gear here a little bit. <clears throat> my background's in career advising. And I always told my students, as well as my older adult cl uh, clients, that volunteering can provide not just the satisfaction of giving back and helping people, but it's also could be a step in a job or career. As yes. you said, somebody became a board member. You're looking at somebody who's making a, a change in their projection. You yes. never know where that's going. Um, volunteering, you can hone your skills, learn new skills, utilize a volunteer opportunity as a networking connection, which is huge in looking at jobs. Is there something that works um, with uh, for a BESA volunteer um, in, in looking at new career opportunities? If they're a member of BESA, can they utilize that? I mean, does this make sense in, in your format or... No. Are you, so can people leverage being a volunteer at BESA in terms of um, exploring new career opportunities? New, and learning new skills. Yes. Honing skills they haven't used for a while. Definitely, right? Like everything you're doing in terms of going into an unfamiliar environment and trying to master that environment and become part of that community, if you will, mm -hmm. is so important. Working with a group of, of fellow volunteers and staff members to accomplish a goal. Um you know, there's a there's a story that that sticks out to me where we had 20 volunteers from one of the retailers in town. They went to one of the shelters, and there were pallets of clothes that had to be sorted: men's, women's, children's, and then all the clothes that had holes in them because they were samples or something had to be in another pile because what are you going to do with clothes with holes in it? So there were 20 volunteers. They spent three hours. That's 60 hours of work that they put in. First of all, the, the manager of the shelter said, thank you, right? Like me alone, I was going to do this and it would have taken me a week and a half, 60 hours. Then one of the volunteers piped up and said, oh my God, we donate pallets of clothes all the time just like this. And we didn't realize the burden that we're putting on the shelter, mm -hmm. right? Like we think we're doing something good, offloading our problem to the shelter and, and it's a solution for them and it's a, a net win for them, but we didn't realize the the cost we're putting onto them. And it was really interesting to listen to the discussion between the various employees about this and then how do they bring that learning back to the company. Interesting. Right? right? And so I think there's so many opportunities for people to learn 
not only new new skills in terms of teamwork and collaboration and 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 all the rest, but then also to apply that to their everyday work right now. You know, it networking is something that <clears throat> I put a lot of time into when I was working with job seekers, and it oftentimes people say it's hard to network, but actually. As a volunteer, you are building a new network. You're 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 building a new community. Right. Right. Like the reason I started to volunteer is I lived in Victorian Village. I worked all the way out in uh, New Albany, right? And those were my bubbles and I would go back and forth between my parking lot in Victorian Village and the parking lot in New Albany mm-hmm. and I was missing what was in between, right? right? Which is community. And so I remember one year we did a fundraiser and it was called um Adventure Lives Outside Your Tent. And it was really cool. We had, um, it was at 400 West Rich. We literally had tents set up and like Amy Turn Sharp, poet in town. She was set up in one of the tents doing poetry on demand. Um, Nina West and and Jenny uh, Britton were the hosts and they were dressed as camp counselors and have (laughs) everyone doing. But the whole idea was like we played up the theme, but the whole idea was you have to get outside of your bubble. Mm-hmm. You should get outside of your bubble and explore the the world around you, the community around you outside of your bubble. Right. That's just going to give you a much more well-rounded appreciation. And also, it's easy, and this is one of the reasons Besso was founded, it's easy to go on Facebook or watch the news and become overwhelmed with some of the negativity. Mm-hmm. And all we want to do is channel that energy into something positive, and hopefully Besso is a tool, a vehicle for people to do that. Right. One one more thought yeah. I just had on, on the notion of using volunteering for job search. Oftentimes, people don't know what type of job they want. Yes. And so in, in actuality, doing some volunteer work could lead to a whole new career profession um, industry, not just that you may want to go work for a nonprofit, but you may be meeting people who are working in other industries, finding out what they're doing. So it, it leads to not just networking contacts with people, yeah. but networking information gathering. And I will tell you, um, it always makes me smile when I'm on LinkedIn and I see someone list BESA volunteer as oh, you know sh- on their LinkedIn. Sure. And I have heard from HR people and companies that we work with that they're interviewing someone and they have BESA listed, right? And so we work with 15, 20 different corporations in town, helping them mobilize their volunteers and so when people are applying for jobs, if they have BESA on there, it can be a conversation starter. Right, right, right. So to pick the right nonprofit to work with, I mean, you know, some people have, are great with hammers and screwdrivers, and you'd think, oh, they're going to go Habitat for Humanity, build yeah. a house and such. But they may not want to do that. Yes. They may want to do something totally different. So I guess my my question being, how do you – you have up to 70 organizations. How does you help the the volunteer decide yeah. Is, is in their mind going, yeah, I can do this, but I really don't want to do this because I do this all day Yeah, already. I like to, you know, so how, do you help them explore in their mind where we, they could go, what to do? Yeah, we, we try to definitely have diversity in programming on the website. And you there's a variety of different ways to search for different opportunities. Um, but we leave it up to them to decide where they want to plug in and show up. Um you know, I hear I hear from a lot of people that they say, for example, I didn't I didn't think I would enjoy serving dinner at the homeless shelter. How do you know if you're going to enjoy it or not until you do it, right? right. Like that, it's such right. a unique experience. 
um, you don't know what to expect until you you try it. And sometimes it's that first. You know, you asked earlier. You know, how do people get engaged?、Um, how do they get over that hurdle? We have really easy projects like baking cookies at Ronald McDonald House, and that seems to be the gateway for so many people. They do that with their their loved one, with their kids, and they fall in love with meeting other volunteers,、um, with with the families that are staying at the house that they're able to support. And then all of a sudden, they're like, "Okay, let me try something else, maybe something a little more difficult." Right,、mm-hmm. that makes sense. I, I, yeah, to me too. I, I've. The experience of being able to talk about the experiences of doing it too. I,、uh, I br- I've talked about this、um, experience many times to many people. Maybe even on this podcast, I don't remember. But、uh, we we put together sack lunches a couple times a month as a group through church and take them down to the friends of the homeless. So when my daughter was still in high school, she was having a horrible day, and she says, "Dad, can I come down and help?" I said, "Yeah, always. You can always welcome." So she comes down and puts the sandwiches. We take the sandwiches down that day. Uh, that evening, I should say, and、um, drop them off. And this one of the they always one of the guys always come up and help unload. Always do. And he comes up and he says, "You know what? I'm you know I really appreciate you guys putting these lunches together and bringing them down.、When、I get back on my feet. I'm going to do this.、Hmm. I am going to give back and help." And it changed my daughter's day to hear that. Makes me teary eyed. Right? Like that's it's what it's just, all about. It's what's all about. It's the, it's the human he, he experience. Didn't have to say that. You、yeah. know, seriously, yeah, it, at all.、Mm-hmm. But I believe him. Yeah, and I ran across another gentleman about a month ago. He was asking, "Say, do you know any positions that are open and stuff like?" I said, "I said, what do you do?" We started having a conversation, and uh, uh, he said, "Wait a minute, I'll go get my resume." And so I said, "Yeah, sure, sir." I I threw his resume a couple different places. I don't know. Yeah, but that's it, it, again, it's that you just never know what you can do to help. Very me, very simple things of、yeah. just being human, exactly of, of those of those opportunities. But it's, yeah, just it's it's I, it's just pretty amazing. It's it about、is. it's about meeting people where they're at, yeah, right? With no、yeah. expectations.、And、we're it, we're、yeah. in a society that and yes,、yeah, so、who who isn't uncomfortable in those、yeah. scenarios? You don't know what to say. Yes, but all you have to do is say, "Have a good evening." Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, that's all you have to say. They're not necessarily looking for a conversation. Yeah. One hundred percent. Just human, human eye contact. Yeah. And and saying and looking at them, going, I realize that you are here. You're not non-existent. Have a good evening. Yeah. Because all day they probably had the eye, the eye aversion because they're homeless. Yeah. You know, it's just. It, we have we have another volunteer. I'm going to go back to the Van Buren shelter for a second. She worked at at the time I think it was L Brands, and.、Um, She had a long day, and she was going to go home and watch the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills with a <laughs> glass of red wine on her sofa. I remember her telling me this, and she took a detour. She went to the Van Buren Shelter, and she served dinner to two hundred women, and she fell in love with the work. Right, and she she told me how this one woman held up keys and said, "This is my last night in the shelter. Tomorrow, I move into my apartment." Wow! This volunteer that was one of her first projects with Bessa. She has volunteered hundreds of times. She's a volunteer leader now. She's helping orient other volunteers, right? And it's just making, to your point, eye contact and meeting people where they're at. Yeah, it's simple as that. Yep. You know, one of the issues that when when Brett was saying, how do people decide what volunteer position to take? One of the issues is you're always a little afraid to make a commitment and something that you're not going to really feel comfortable doing or not want to do. The value of Bessa is you get to experiment and、yeah. you're never not successful. 
if you go and do a two-hour stint yeah. with one of the nonprofits, that's success. Regardless of the outcome, that's success. So you can um, experiment and look at different places until all of a sudden you're like, yep, I'm home. Yes, 100%. Commitment is work, and we are all overworked. And yeah. so how yeah. how can you make it um, – how can you help people realize this is a commitment that they want to make and keep? Right. So, Matthew, you've already told us about a lot of your different volunteers. Any yeah. others you want to tell us about? There's I mean, some special people out there. there I, I'm telling you, there are so many. Lydia. Lydia. I mean, there's even a dispatch article out there from a couple of years ago with Lydia and the, the amount she volunteers, not just with BESA, but with so many different agencies. Mm -hmm. And she was at the Broad Street Food Pantry one time, and this woman, it was raining outside, this woman comes in uh, for food and her shoes are just in tatters. And Lydia says, what size shoes do you wear? And it turns out they wear the same size, and it turns out Lydia had a new pair of shoes in her trunk and went to her trunk, got the shoes and gave it to the woman, right? There's just, there's so many stories like that of, I have, I, I was just telling a, a new employee um, about this, uh, this incredible gentleman named Paul. Paul worked at, I think it was like one of the big technology companies like Cisco, right? And he was doing sales for them and he traveled the country doing sales. And then the pandemic hit and he's stuck at home and he's like, what do I do with my life? He started volunteering and he fell in love with the work. And um, he just, he showed up almost every single week volunteering, getting other people involved. And he loved it so much. It's so funny. Um, he knew one of my board members and he said, you know, I want to make a donation to BESA. And he, and the board member said, you know, ask for a certain amount. And it, it wasn't a big amount. And I walked out of there with one of our biggest checks because Paul and his husband were so committed to this work, understood the value it brought appreciated the value it brought to his own life and he wanted to make sure that other people had that opportunity wonderful yeah. and there's so many, i mean i can right i can tell you hundreds and thousands yeah. of stories well and on the flip side you probably have had a i can't imagine not it, that kind of impact on on nonprofits you're working with as well too yeah that may have saved them possibly i just yesterday right i was at columbus early learning centers they have this plot of land that they grow fruits and vegetables for the kids um I think it's 400 pounds of food uh, a year. Um, the CEO there, Gina, incredible human being. I, I probably said incredible a thousand times on this podcast so far. I apologize. Um, but that's how I feel about, about the folks I get to work with. And she was, saying, she was saying just yesterday that there's no way that they could grow the food, have the kids in the garden to learn about growing food and 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 the texture and the feel and, and how much water to put in, um, the food that's given to the community, the food that's given to the parents, right? There's no way they could do that if they didn't have the volunteers, that it would just be incredibly cost prohibitive, that they they wouldn't have the garden. Yeah, yeah. It's it's And this is a bit of a side note, but I, yeah. we, uh, uh, again, going back to our sack lunches, what we do. <laughs> But uh, we've changed locations. What we do with it's downtown at uh, Broad Street United Methodist Church, and between these two tall buildings, you have like about four or five raised bed gardens. And I looked at it, I'm going, that is the epitome of hope. Mm -hmm. The sun touches those raised beds probably three hours a day, <laughs> but they're still trying to grow yeah. vegetables or something in these raised beds mm -hmm. in between these two tall buildings. Yeah, like wow. 
kind of going off the garden. You can, thing. It's just yeah. like, okay, they're trying you can, with what they I, have. You can do a lot with hope. There's a whole presidential was, campaign on saying, hope. Yeah. Every yeah. year I, I plant my lettuce seed in hope. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> yes. But, but it, it just, I don't know, it just dawned on me looking at going, wow, if they can try to do that there, what little we can give makes a big difference. Right. Huge difference, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> it's the energy. It's just the energy we put out. Right. What kind yeah. of energy do exactly. we want to put out? Yeah. And we get to yeah. choose that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. What, yeah. what do we want to be known for and what we did do and what we get help yeah. with? Right. And it's not an ego thing. It's that I, I think there's some factual piece to that. You know, you giving actually is very healthful. Yeah. Beneficial. Right. Oh, 100%. Health. Yeah. Right. Yes. Something to well, that. Yes. And that sort of leads into my next comment. Um, and when I was researching, putting the questions together for Matthew today, I found um, an article or actually a website called helpguide.org. And they have this incredible sort of a checklist on what's volunteering and how do you do it and what do I want to do and what am I comfortable doing? So it's really cool. And and listeners, we are going to um, include that in our resources sheet, and we're going to put lots of information um, for you so that if you are interested in volunteering, maybe you don't live in central Ohio, so Bess is not an opportunity, um, volunteermatch.com. There are other ways of, of finding volunteer opportunities in your community. So we'll make sure we have all of that together. Um, Matthew, one of the last things we always ask our guests, and needless to say, our time with guests goes way too fast, um, but we always ask for sort of your last words of wisdom. What would you, either we haven't talked about or you want to make yeah. sure to emphasize to our listeners? One, in the Central Ohio community, is just one of the most remarkable communities I've ever been a part of, right? I've lived in a handful of places, Washington, Philadelphia, um, a couple others, and I am just constantly amazed at this this undercurrent of support across the community, right? Like I remember when I started BESA, I went to the Columbus Foundation and uh, just just reached out to them and got a meeting with their number two at the time it was Lisa Cordes, who now runs United Way Central Ohio. And she took a meeting with me. I'm just a 20-something-year-old guy with an idea for a nonprofit. I don't know how many people she meets with like that, right? right? But she still took the meeting, and she still wanted to help me and support. And um, and and the Columbus Foundation has been a big part of this 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 agency of of BESA and and where we are today. And there are so many other organizations in this community, individuals, philanthropic people, um, volunteers. I'm just. I don't know. I'm constantly in in this state of gratitude because I don't hear no that often. And when I do hear no, you know, I probably should be hearing no and, and it, it's a learning opportunity. But but so many people say yes. And I'm just so grateful for that because then we're able to that's when the magic happens. It it does. And and our day would be so much better if we remembered all of this positivity yeah. that we're getting with our nonprofits as opposed to and are volunteering, but as opposed to the few knows. Yeah, and I think the other thing is to your to your listeners is, um, like you said, in your own community, get involved. There's so many ways, and you don't have to start a nonprofit or you know sign up for 40 hours. Um, Carol, like you said, sign up for two hours. Sign mm-hmm. up, show up, meet some folks, um, and see if giving back can be a bigger part of your everyday life. That's right. what we're all about. 
Well, and we have to give a shout out to the Columbus Foundation, which is an incredible organization and uh, supportive of my agency, of our podcast, and also to our buddy Dan Sharp, who put us in contact with Matthew, uh, convinced him that we were okay and he should come and talk to us. So we thank thank Dan for that too. You know, a uh, quick story about Dan. Early on, I you know we we st- we did a capital campaign. We wanted to raise a million dollars to you know we talked about 50 60 70 projects it used to be 5 6 7 projects right and we knew we could scale this but we needed the funding and Dan was one of the first people I talked to about this and I remember sitting with him at the Roosevelt coffee shop showing him a one page document and he helped guide me in terms of first he believed in it and then second he provided counsel on okay here's how we can get this to next and with Dan's help, Doug's help, the Columbus Foundation's help, we we're able to secure the million dollars, right? right? And, and not just from the foundation, but from across the community, from people who understood what we're trying to do and wanted to invest in it and be at the table with us. Right. One, one, um, one question that I meant to ask earlier, and my apologies, I'm stepping back here a, yeah. a, a bit. 70 plus projects at any one period of time. How many agencies are you actually working with? Uh, boy, um, anywhere from a hundred to 150 per year. Okay. Yeah. All sizes. Uh, tomorrow, uh, we'll be at Kosai Science Festival. Oh yes. Right. And so last year we took that on, they used to manage the volunteer programming and that's what we do best. And so we partner with them and it saves them all these hours that they can reallocate with their team on the programming side of it. And we mm-hmm. can manage the volunteer side. Right. Um, so big agencies like COSI to the community gardens, the diaper banks and, and everything in between. Wonderful. Okay. Well, Matthew, thanks for joining us today. This has been great. Again, as you said, it's flown by. Uh, listeners, thank you for joining us. And as Carol mentioned, don't forget to check out our show notes for contact information and resources uh, that'll be on our website at lookingforwardourway.com. We're looking forward to hearing your feedback on this and any of our other podcast episodes.